up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a podcast about all things Dungeons and Dragons. I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Allie Deitchman. That's right, and this week we're going to be talking about creating a big bad evil guy and playing at higher levels. Ooh. But before we get into that, Allie, how are your games this week? They were they were pretty good. Um, so You were like present for all of them. I know. Together <laughs> that, yeah. Um, I will say Wednesday went over well. My group was all like, oh, no, that's totally oh, fine. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, we're going to be going over to... Uh, our buddy's house. Uh, well, we're gonna go over and hang out with Ben, and he's we're actually gonna run a campaign with uh, Marcos in the, oh, in the cool. interim. So that's gonna be very exciting. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and then Friday we did our game at the bookstore. We did, which was a lot of fun. Getting back into that, both you and I were nervous for some reason. Oh my god, <laughs> so much anxiety. Yeah, even though it's like we've totally done this before. We've done it so many times, <laughs> and we we're freaking out. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I have just no exact understanding exactly why, but it was there. But we, we powered through it, we and did. in the end, it was actually a really good uh, night for both of us, yeah, it sounded no. like. We, we both did games set in Eberron. That was mm-hmm. our featured book for the month. And, um, yeah, I did a train heist, and it was the loudest train heist <laughs> I've ever... And I'm not talking about, like, player volume-wise. They blew up the last train car. Oh, no. <laughs> Because what what did what did the kid do? He be, like I don't know what it, he oh he had two pet snakes that he put uh, glyphs of warning on their tongue and then just sent them at people. Oh no! And so they <laughs> blew up, killed everyone in there. But there were explosive barrels in there too, so those blew up and just destroyed this last card. It was great. Oh my gosh! It was really awesome. I loved it. <laughs> Um, in mine, they had to go recover a prototype airship for mm. one of the lost families. And so they're like, all right, let's, let's do this. So they went over into the Mornlands, and, uh, they actually had to go through fighting some creatures and monsters and horrific things. And then they're all like, finally they get to the airship. They take it off after doing a lot of skill checks on how to fly it. And then these pirates come from the ruins of the city up flying towards them, like trying to take the ship over. And so they had to fight those guys off using like the huge ballista that was on the nice. ship. It, it was a lot of fun. They enjoyed it. They enjoyed the big air battle. That's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Saturday was our Pathfinder game. It was. Mm-hmm. It was late again. It was work. <laughs> eh, you know. Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> out of context, it's really it doesn't make much sense. There was a dagger snake. Dagger snake. Uh huh. Yep. First a dagger, then a snake. But it's not a snake. It's a rakshasa. Yep. Um. And then, but but uh, I don't know. I still don't think this is true in fifth edition. But apparently in Pathfinder, rakshasas are like also a, like snakes. It's like and a daggers. Yeah. Yeah. You know how there's like the different ways you categorize like creatures in the animal kingdom. Yeah. It's like apparently rakshasa is like a category as opposed to a type. <laughs> I just I just think they're tiger men with fucked up thumbs. <laughs> backward hands um and then but after we dealt with that situation (laughs) we learned it's pretty much a familiar and we're like oh that's problematic and so we went back to to the the citadel yeah got our next assignment and also updated the information of every every single time we get back in we're like we're learning something new and so we have to go back and be like hey we learned something new yeah no we should really like get like a sending stone or some shit (laughs) because this walking back and forth stuff's gotta go in our steps (laughs) yeah now we're gonna infiltrate a casino boat yeah oh yeah disguise yeah i'm pretty excited I'm, i'm really tempted to use my disguise like spell so i can just be someone completely else but I'm, mm. i think i don't need it right now yeah, um and then yesterday sunday yeah we did so many games yeah three in a row yeah. <laughs> um it was very lovely my boyfriend spencer started off the tyranny of dragons campaign yeah um both trevor and i are players in it along with two of our friends and it was so much fun it was it was it a was lot a, of fun we we're badass <laughs> very much we're so badass taken out we took out every single encounter in two rounds okay so this is the thing i <laughs> last night i turned to you and said i'm not gonna say the thing that just came to my head because i'll jinx myself i didn't get hit once last night oh my god <laughs> Everything missed me or I wasn't near the combat. And nice. it made me very happy. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a little warlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I had I had lay on hands that I could have used, but we were fine. Yeah. Like, no, no, you, you used lay on hands. No, I mean, they're that first level, though. I only used it when we leveled up. 
Oh yeah, no, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's like we were we were totally fine, and yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and we, I felt like a hero, even the, though we were level one. And see, that's the, I, I think that comes down to like not just the group's description, mm-hmm. but also Spencer's description. He of was things. doing so good, and so I think that's a topic we'll tackle at some point. Is just like how descriptions can be can lead to the badass things. Um, that are just in the normal rules. Like we weren't breaking any of the rules. It was just the way we were describing things mm-hmm. that made it cool. That's true. <laughs> uh, like your, your character attacks like the abyss watchers in yeah. dark souls three. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, you're still using a two handed weapon. It's mm-hmm. just flavored differently. And you slide as part of your combat. And that that's, that's it. Like uh, yeah. that's all it is. <laughs> it's not anything that's breaking the game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I I really enjoy that. I realized I do I did have one other game. Oh, you did. I, I had my Skype game. I had oh my gold, god, I had Golden Pals. So then, how is your game this week? <laughs> um, so they were still in the the Cloud Giant Castle, mm-hmm. um, and they were still split up. Oh gosh, <laughs> Saint James didn't get killed by the the Invisible Starks because he had a friend. Now this is my own doing, mm-hmm. uh, so it's not spoilers at all. Okay. So there's a thing in the castle that the group needs to progress the story. Yes. And now it says if they can't get it, they'll have to go to another place to get a different one. Yeah. Well, I know my group and I was like, yeah, they're, they're not, they're not going to want to do that. I will say of all the different options, the cloud giant is probably the most difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided I'm like, okay, I, going to give them the option of getting it a different way. Mm-hmm. So St. James by himself getting like those, those invisible stalkers have so much health. They do so much health. They do. <laughs> um, and so I had it that next to the treasure that's in the, well, the, the box that's holding the treasure that the, you cannot open, um, <laughs> was a tiny little like beauty and the beast glass jar thing uh-huh. that had the you know like beauty and beast yeah. rose in it yeah and there was a tiny little jackal man in there just going hi oh god and just waving his hand <laughs> and so I, I i knew what saint james was gonna do he broke it <laughs> and an arcanaloth came out and an arcanaloth helped him fight the invisible stalkers oh my god it could actually see them yeah it can <laughs> it was really funny because it just goes point to which one uh point to one of them and i just like he just points in front of him. <laughs> I'm like, you still, you still have this. You still can't see it. <laughs> see it. Um, but so they took care of that, and the Arcanaloth was um, just uh, like this happened. What was really great is I knew this was gonna what he wanted, but it happened so fluidly during the combat that Saint James used an item. Oh, and so the Arcanaloth told him just like, oh yeah, you know that chest can only be opened by the ruler. Mm-hmm. and he's just like oh that sucks he's like well i can also open it he's like you should do that he's like yeah but i kind of want something in for it and he's like what your cloak oh no <laughs> so the displacement cloak that he's had since level three yeah a year and a half oh ago, my god uh, uh the arcana was like nope that's it that's all i want oh my god <laughs> so <laughs> saint james worked out a deal okay that was your cantaloth takes it mm-hmm. he gets the thing uh-huh. but uh he, he's he's lending it to the arcanaloth in exchange for the arcanaloth to have an iou so he now owes a favor if he gets the cloak back to an arcanaloth oh <laughs> and I'm like, you just made this so much better i love this so much oh my god um Ooh. so he has the thing now mm-hmm but he's still separated from the group. Yeah. Who are sleeping right now. And unaware. <laughs> and he has no idea where they are. Right. So this is going to be fun next session. <laughs> uh, they, they went and talked to one of the cloud giants and their plan did not go the way they wanted it to. Oh. And uh, since this is going to come out after uh, our next session, it's going to get worse for them. Oh, because they no. did that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that, was, that was my game. Well, that's exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear what's next. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, let's move over to some broadsheets. 
first off, uh, for our news, we've got Dungeon Mayhem Matt Monster Madness, which we talked about in uh, broadsheets a while ago, uh, has been delayed, but it's only been delayed to the 28th of February oh. instead of like a couple months down the line. Yeah. It, it, they said something about like there was like printing issues or something like that. Yeah. Also not being able to uh, get the mind flayers to do what they want. So that makes sense. <laughs> That's um, fair. Yeah, I st- I'm still very excited for that. I love Dungeon Mayhem. I know. We- we've been playing it like on the regular at our house now. Oh, yeah, because you got the expansion too. Yeah. You got the Minsk Boo <laughs> and uh, who else is in that one? Oh, it's a druid. Yeah. I-, I don't remember if she has a name. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Minsk Boo, my pop figure's coming today. It's going to be real great. <gasps> nice. Um, <laughs> next up, we've got uh, we got two Critical Role pieces of news. Uh, Critical Role merch is currently being sold at Hot Topic. People have been posting pictures on Twitter Crazy. that they've been finding. I know, that's just. <laughs> The, the 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 progression of this is just so insane to me. It was such a soft launch, too. Because, like, they didn't really put anything, like, official saying out, oh, yeah. they have it, until someone tweeted out saying, hey, I'm seeing these shirts here. Is this official or yeah. did they steal it? And the Critical Role pretty much responded, like, no, those are official. Yeah, this is a, hey, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, mostly what I mean, though, is just, like, how, like, if you go back to when 5th edition launched... Oh yeah, and you told me seven <laughs> years later that they were that there was going to be a show on the internet yep. that played D anD D, and then their merch was going to be sold in Hot Topic. I'd call you insane. Yeah, like I, it's, I just love it. I might get some. I don't know. I'm I. I want that lich shirt. <laughs> uh, next piece of Critical Role news is that uh, the a book called World of Critical Role uh, mm-hmm. is up for pre-order from Ten Speed Press, and apparently, what this is, it's more about like the creation of the show, like the actual show itself, yeah. not what's the contents of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not just like this is you know the the world that they play in. That's going to be the D and D book. This mm-hmm. is going to be like how they got together as a group and stuff like that, and like yeah. their character art and things. I'll be really cool to see just as a perspective of a creator. Yeah. yeah. No, seriously, I'm I'm I might be a little more interested in that book than the the Wild Mount one because <laughs> namely because I just have so right now that i don't have room for wild mouth <laughs> but uh but that's i think that's gonna be an interesting one to look at they don't have a uh uh artwork yet for it um mm-hmm. they just have this placeholder that looks like an old leather bag that says world of critical role <laughs> except without the weird voice um all right that's all we got for news let's go over to our champion loot, champion loot. so uh, bef- uh before we give out the code uh, there is a special event going on. It's, if you're listening to this on Friday, the day we release, you've got three days to do this. Yes. Because a kobold only lives for 11 days. <laughs> 11 days! <laughs> um, and uh, it's it's time is, is fastly approaching. Yes. So a year ago, good old, good old spurt. Oh, Graced spurt. the screen of Critical Role. <laughs> oh, man. Thank goodness for Chris Perkins. Dude, man. Chris Perkins is a gift. <laughs> So yeah, if you're not, if you don't know what's going on, uh, Chris Perkins pl- uh, was on one episode of Critical Role about a year ago for like 15 minutes. For like 15 <laughs> minutes, where he played a kobold named Spurt, and um, he didn't last long, <laughs> like at all. <laughs> and it, uh, if if you don't, if you haven't seen it, look up Critical Role Spurt animated. There is a very nice little video. Oh my god, we'll we'll link it too. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's it really was so good. cute. Um, but so in honor of that one, the, uh, Idol Champions had made him into a champion. Yep. Uh, a year ago, and a pretty so, good one too. Yeah. And uh, so now what they're doing is, if you log in before February tenth or uh, February tenth at eleven fifty nine p.m., uh, you get spurt for free. Plus two gold spurt chests. Yeah. So uh, you get free champion and some loot to uh, fix them up. And I mean, hey, free champion. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you don't have to be any certain level or anything. You could literally start idle champions today and you get spurt. And you get spurt. And he's a pretty good support. He's he uh, he's pretty flexible about his position, too. So you mm-hmm. can go wherever you need him to go. Yeah, so right now they, they've got their hashtag RIP spurt going on. Mm-hmm. Again, that's going on until February 10th, so hop on and grab that champion. But now for the code. Go get yourself a gold chest on us. Uh, the code is L-O-O-M-M-O-V-E-R-A-I-A. 
And so that will get you a gold chest and Isle Champions. So right now, you get a gold chest, mm-hmm. get two gold spurt chests, mm-hmm. and you get champion. Mm-hmm. Go do it. Go do it. And God, freaking flying through this game with that <laughs> offline progress. Oh, my God. It's really it's nice. So this event has been the best I've done in a long oh time. Oh, my God. I'm so far. <laughs> I've destroyed this event. Yeah. Like, I used to, I was just like, oh, I might get, like, two chests on, like, one of them. I'm, I've gotten, like, I, five or six chests I was now. so far ahead. I thought that today was the last day of the event mm-hmm. when I still have a whole seven days. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was like, oh, man, I'm so far. I almost got the last one, but, oh, you know, I'm man. fine with it. But I'm like, no, I have a whole nother seven oh, days. Oh, God. I thought, I thought it was. Oh, yeah. I may. Okay. I'm just going to get those. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're recording on Monday. Just yeah. as you don't have seven days. You have, <laughs> what? Math? Three? Three. Three days. You I got know the math. weekend. I got <laughs> math and calendars <laughs> and time. All right. Let's go over into our first topic. Yeah. And it's actually a uh, listener-suggested topic, though he didn't know it was a topic at the time. Uh, (laughs) So Ryan Fitzgerald wrote in, and he says, "Uh, In my homebrew campaign I'm building, uh, I'm having some trouble refining my big bad guy. I know what he is. He's Radiant Idol. And I know what he's doing. Um, basically, a fallen god slash angel that was... I'm really sorry if any of Ryan's people are listening to this. Don't listen to this anymore. Don't listen to this anymore. Spoilers for his campaign. Just skip to just skip to the DM's Guild Spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, that was banished uh, from the Celestial Pain uh, because he believes in pure balance of power, kind of like a Thanos thing. Um, I've uh, I've got how he regains his power. The party is collecting ritual pieces to bring him back to power. Uh, the problem I'm having is how to refine him and add some flair beyond the stat block. Do I give him magic item, magical items? Uh, what about potions that do different things? If I did the potions, I was thinking that I could uh, be things that the party is collecting. Uh, I'm always open to criticism as well as any aspect of my big bad guy. So... The first thing that pops out to me is the idea of going with magical items and potions and stuff. That's a very Pathfinder first edition way of doing things. Yeah. Um, I do have an idea of what you can kind of roll with that. Hmm. So the concept is the, the party is collecting these items, which are a piece of his power is what I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, so what if they were literally pieces of divinity mm-hmm. as opposed to potions? And mm-hmm. so maybe that was part of the being cast out slash banished bit was that pieces of his own power were separated from this bad guy. And so every time the players pick up a piece, now this could be neat because you can really play with this. They can gain a little bit of that power attuning to it. Yeah. Which could be cool. But every time they like either now uh, I do have to say, like, I'm not entirely sure on the wording on if the players are collecting it for him. Or if they're collecting it to keep it from him. Well, I, that, I think that one we're gonna we'll we'll get to. Yeah, but um, that's, a, that's a slightly different thing. If they're collecting it to keep it from him, then every piece that he gets, he'd get his own little piece, his own little power. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have to attune to it because it's his. Yeah. So he can collect however many there are. So, you he's talking about like making. I think what he's talking about is making a big bad guy that is different from just the radiant idol. Yeah. Um, which is something that I think is really good to do when you're making a big, bad, evil guy. Yes. Like, Valindra in uh, in the books uh, says, just use a lich stat block. Oh, I know. It's and so it's sad. boring. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, I, it's boring. <laughs> I change up her spells mm-hmm. all the time. Because I'm like, these don't work for the way that I play Valindra. Uh, like, I have her, she has Hellish Rebuke Yeah. In uh, for, me, for me. And it's been really fun when I almost insta-killed someone when they thought they <laughs> snuck up on her. Yeah. Twice. I've done that twice, I just realized. Oh, my God. <laughs> one of them was a player that was there for the first one. So he, he knew. still did it. <laughs> um, so, let's see. Let's take a look at the the Ra- Radiant Idol. I just pulled him up on D&D Beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he has Aura of False Divinity. A creature that starts its turn within 30 feet of the Radiant Idol must uh, make a DC 17 Wisdom saving throw, provided the Radiant Idol isn't incapacitated. On a fail, the creature is charmed by the Radiant Idol, and a charmed creature uh, is... What the? A charm? Creature charmed in this way uh, can repeat the saving throw at the end of its turn. Um, so, okay, so it's literally just cast Charm Person all the time. All the time. Uh, within 30 feet. Jeez, 30 feet, my God. 
Uh, and then uh, it has spell casting. It has at wills, which is charm person, cure wounds, disguise self, thaumaturgy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, uh, these are uh, one day each. Commune, dominate person, insect plague, <laughs> mass suggestion, and raise dead. It also has magic resistance, multi attack. Its attack is a flail, then has radiant strike. Um, oh my god. It has a 30 foot radius and 40 feet high cylinder of bright light appears. Oh my god. It does, on a, it has a DC 17 constitution saving throw or take 36 points of radiant damage. So what's neat is that I actually didn't see the stat block before going into this, mm-hmm. um, but I did look up the history of them. So apparently these guys were angels, uh, but they were corrupted through hubris, essentially, thinking that they should be worshipped mm-hmm. for the you know the work that they're doing. Yeah. And so the issue is, is so there's the charm person yeah. and there's the whole command spells and all that. Um, but then they were cast down because of this. And once they're cast out, they are then they're radiant idol, idols. They start as angels and then they go there. Um, but then they usually continue down their corruption path. And then they identify themselves as their new position. Like, so they might be the god of fire or the god of destruction. So they, they become what they were cast down for. Mm-hmm. So that kind of makes sense. Oh, the stat blocks, piecing that together. That's yeah. neat. <laughs> may, may, maybe it's because this dude is like ripped and he's holding his hand out in the picture. But it makes me think of Xerxes. Oh, like from 300. Yeah. And just, I am a gracious god. Um, <laughs> and so the the the... Like, this is to help out Ryan, but also, like, we thought that this was a good topic of just about creating your big bad evil guy from a stat block. Mm -hmm. And doing that without just giving them magic items and stuff like that. Because most of these monsters already have, like, magical stuff on them. It just doesn't say it. Yeah. Like, for the flail, he has a plus 10 to hit. (laughs) That's a lot. (laughs) Uh, and it does uh, 1d8 plus 6 bludgeoning damage plus 18 radiant damage. Yeah. So that's already magical. Yeah. Because, like, what's his strength? Uh, his strength is a plus 6. So it, it's not... It... So it's a plus 4 to attack flail, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. Uh, no, his uh, his strength is plus 6. Oh, okay. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I see what you mean. Yeah. The, it's a hit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... There's other things that you can do, and the thing that I like to do in 5th edition is just kind of mess around with their abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm making a big bad evil guy from scratch, what I'll usually do is I will go find the creature that is closest to it, and then just take the numbers from it. Yeah. Um, like, when I was making Drock for that 5th uh, edition game last year, um, I... I actually used, oh my god, it was from the Ravnica book. Oh. It was the angel, because um, I was like, I want this CR, so I looked at the CRs, I'm like, who's a humanoid in here, that one. So I took one of the angel ones and used some of the battle stats for it. Oh, cool. And then uh, for its uh, for his powers, I went and took from like a black dragon and mm-hmm. put it in there for his breath weapon and everything Yeah, because like he was that. like a half dragon and yeah. stuff, yeah. And then when... Um, and then when I did him in his Tiamat form, I I actually didn't use Tiamat. Or no, I did. I did. I used some of Tiamat, and then I just used uh, numbers from Ancient Dragons because mm-hmm. I'm like he's not at full power, so he's not gonna have the Tiamat numbers. So yeah. I had the abilities from Tiamat with the numbers from Ancient Dragons. Okay, <laughs> so not a god yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but for for this stuff, it's it, it, like if we were gonna take this radiant idol and make it the villain, I love this idea of the forcing the people to worship it. Yeah. So like at this point, Ryan, I'd think about like what what hubris was his downfall, mm-hmm. literally, and then kind of maybe adjust those once a day spells towards that. Mm-hmm. Because if it was just I need people to worship me, then really double down on that. Yeah. One of the one of the other things that pops into my head that is thematic is if this radiant idol has reached some level of like demigod or mm-hmm. god status, giving it um holy resistance. Ooh, yeah. From the, so basically any attack from any like paladin or cleric that is from a god that's not him, mm-hmm. it has advantage on saves. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. So it like the thing about fifth edition with making things 
is you have a lot of free reign with abilities. It's mm-hmm. just making the numbers fair. Yeah. Um. You you can really do. Okay. Let Let's look at it this way. So, in um, in Storm King's Thunder, there is a giant in there that has the simulacrum spell. Yes. However, it says their name simulacrum. So it's just like <laughs> it's a customized. It's like spell. Joe Schmo's simulacrum. Yeah. And the reason it's it's written like that is because she can cast it and it lasts for fucking ever. Whereas yeah. normal simulacrum is like what twelve hours? It's it's a while, but it's not forever. <laughs> yeah. And so they they are just constantly out. Yeah. So even Wizards of the Coast is just like yeah, we just take the spells and do what we want with it. Yeah. Like when it comes to bad guys, we just do whatever we want. I mean, want. that's kind of that, that's a good little piece of advice there in general. If mm. you want to make your world more magical, just kind of start having magic happen. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> like the, this like was, adjust the spells. This was an argument that Ike and I had for a long time when we started playing Pathfinder. Was in the way Pathfinder One works is you're basically building a character. Mm. anything any bad thing could do in pathfinder one a player, a can player do. could do yeah and for me i'm like that's not as cool it's just like oh you're using the same spells i am yeah you're, you're just it's just the same thing whereas i like in D where the the monsters have something different something extra something that makes the players go oh shit we don't know what this is yeah i mean like it's you don't have to question it too hard too because like these bad guys have mm. been working on this for that's their entire motivation is mm-hmm. just working on making this really good. Yeah. And so like the players have their own specialties that they work on. Mm-hmm. So the bad guys just happen to have their own little subclass yeah. that they do. You don't have to think about it too hard when it comes to like, mm, should I make this that players something that they can't do? It's like, yeah, why not? This is they've specialized into this. Mm-hmm. Make it their own. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I I think that there's a lot of stuff like especially in the rating idol that you could take and add to or even just kind of change some stuff on it like even if you were to make it where uh or a a false divinity was a 40 foot radius mm-hmm. just changing some of the numbers that aren't I, I won't say like don't change dcs too much yeah unless like because this is a cr11 if your players are going to be a lot higher than that yeah bump up these bump numbers up. Yeah, look these at like rookie numbers look at ancient dragon numbers if you're going to be if you're going to be playing at like level 14 yeah yeah. Um. The like here. Here's another thing. So, uh, at the end of False Divinity, it says, uh, once it succeeds on a saving throw, a creature is immune to this radiant idol's uh aura of False Divinity for 24 hours. What if it wasn't? Yeah. No. Change that. Definitely. Yeah. It's only really if it's at a higher CR. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're planning on running this at like a one through ten kind of adventure campaign, mm-hmm. then yeah, that that'd probably be. Or you could even uh change it to or uh, keep the 24 hours. But uh, instead of charmed, it's dominate person. Yeah, definitely. That would be cool. Or uh, or command or mm-hmm. something like that. Where like if um, so like the aura false divinity, it's command. Like it automatically makes everything that fails to save kneel. <laughs> so it's just Bow walking down. through a town <laughs> and people just start bowing. Yeah. And like I doing certain stuff like that is enough to make it different. And also, you know, if you have, I'm not saying you do, Ryan, but if you have shitty players who look up monster stats, this will throw them. Then you're just like, (laughs) but what if it wasn't? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I, I, I do like making big, bad, evil guys, but I don't do it as often. Mm -hmm. Um, I do mostly just use the stats in the book, but then again, I don't, normally have big bad evil guys that aren't from pre-written campaigns like Valindra and drock are really the two that i fucked with the most Mm -hmm. um i didn't fuck with strahd at all because he was just awesome he was fine (laughs) (laughs) um i didn't even have my players go up against uh asirak so Mm -hmm. didn't really have to muck with that yeah (laughs) And, and and you know that that's another thing like look at stat blocks for other established big bad evil guys mm-hmm. um and but know that most of them players don't fight at their full strength yeah um <laughs> definitely something else that you can look at is legendary actions Do the, does this guy oh, have no them? he doesn't oh so, we didn't even get into that okay yeah 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 so look at 
the different kind of legendary actions. And at this point, I would pull from something that does have them. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if any of the Celestials like in the Monster Manual do have legendary actions off the top of my head. I can't remember if they do or don't. I don't think in the Monster Manual they do. but I, I do know that Ravnica angels, yeah. especially Aurelia, she has legendary actions. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll look at that while you're talking. Mm-hmm. And so legendary actions can separate just like, oh, this is a strong creature to what the fuck? He's actually moving. Okay, that was my turn. And now he's going to punch you. Why? Because <laughs> he's just that fast. But why though? <laughs> And so the legendary actions are fun to do. Um, I'm a big proponent for having a lot of options when it comes to legendary actions. I like to give my big bags a, a good list of possible legendary actions, but they have different legendary costs. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. each legendary creature only gets three actions per round. And so you could have like the biggest spell, but it would cost three actions. And then there you go. They've used up all three of their legendary actions. Or mm-hmm. you could have like four different options for one cost. And it doesn't do too much, but it certainly will throw off things. Yeah. And it will, like legendary actions can make a boss fight. It really can. Um, oh. Um, oh, the, also, uh, because it's big, bad, evil guy, legendary resistance. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Those are fun. <laughs> so a uh, an Empyrean uh the uh CR23 right. uh celestial does have legendary actions um for me most of the time like i adhere to the the three points of legendary actions that they have and i usually do three options where uh there's two that cost one and then there's one that costs two mm. um i don't think I've done one where it costs all three because I feel like that'd have to be something ridiculously beast. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to be able to do that every turn. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the... Well, what's cool is that you can also set recharges on those. Yeah. Um, I feel... That's putting a little extra work on you as a DM. But... I, I don't... I, I think rechargeability should be separate from that. Um, they, you know, like a breath weapon... Uh, has a rechargeability, mm-hmm. but then the legendary action just lets them do it. Because uh, I think like Tiamat has that where it's just like she has a recharge on her breath weapon, but the legendary action lets her just do it. Oh, see, yeah, that would work for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I I highly recommend looking at legendary actions and definitely do legendary resistances. Yeah, because your players will just come in and it's like. Uh, make a save. All right. I didn't make it. You're insane now and lost your mind. And we just defeated him. <laughs> yeah. Um, also take a look at uh, the wording for magic resistances against for monster creatures too, mm-hmm. because a lot of creatures actually do have magic resistance. Yeah. Uh, the, the radiant idol does. It says the radiant idol has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. See, that's perfect. Yep. That's already making them a knock above what would be a really difficult fight. Mm-hmm. It's already just going to be that much more difficult because usually magic casters are like, Oh, this is no problem. I'm just going to murder the hell out of this guy with the fireball. It's like, ah, actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, if like if think about the flavor again if this guy does think he's the god of said element mm-hmm. make him maybe immune to said element <laughs> yeah uh his, right now at the the base level the damage resistance is uh radiant bludgeoning piercing slashing from non-magical weapons mm-hmm. condition immunities are charmed exhaustion and frightened okay yeah that makes sense yeah so you could have <laughs> like if it thinks it's the god of fire or some shit like yeah. it's immune to fire damage oh definitely can be taking a bath in a lava pool and it won't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing just meet it's just like, hey. What's up? How's it going? Join me. Yeah. The lava's fine. <laughs> um Oh, Ooh, and then they'd have to because he'd command it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I, I scrolled down a little bit and uh the I saw the fallen angel thing and I like that it says a radiant idol uses disguise self to hide its corruption, presenting an image of a celestial glory. <laughs> um that's I, I really do like that and and that also comes to another thing playing with the spells like what i was talking about the valindra mm-hmm. honestly i think charm person cure wounds disguise self and thaumaturgy freaking great yeah uh if you want to make it a little more uh you could add healing word so that it could heal itself <laughs> as a bonus action and still yeah. attack 
Um, that, that It's like, why not do the other heal? It's like, well, the bonus action. Action mm-hmm. economy is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing is, like, if it was, like, if it thought itself, like, the the god of monsters, giving mm-hmm. it dominate monster yeah. would be really cool to do, too. Or even summon monsters. Yeah. Like, choose your, from your like of summon. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say with the spells, like, what you have this radiant idol, especially if it's going to be your big bad evil guy. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it thinks it's the god of theming some of the spells around that now right now it's got four at wills and one two three four five uh once a day yeah i wouldn't go too much higher than that like maybe i don't know like six five to six at wills and then at the most seven once a days yeah because i mean already at that point that's seven rounds if you're using each spell once yeah that's there he's probably not gonna live for that long <laughs> i mean it depends you know but could chances yeah <laughs> and then you also gotta just remember that it's got it still has its melee and everything like that mm-hmm. um but yeah i i that that's oh yeah if it's like a melee kind of thing um and if he like focuses on being a melee kind of god as opposed to being spells think about smites Smites would be really neat because oh, there are Jesus. some smites that make people afraid oh, of you. There are so some smites much. that fire that leech you on fire. Yeah. So it's like you can really play with those. Um. Yeah. The paladin spell is just so nice to dip into mm-hmm. for bad guys. <laughs> yeah. But but also remember like this stuff that you're adding. Um. Like if you you start adding more spells and everything like that, that is gonna up its CR level. Yeah. So. Like, again, this thing is CR 11. If you're planning on having this go up against, you know, level 9 or 10 players, adding all of that stuff is is going to be a little, little beastie. Yeah. Um, but, again, kind of, like, consider if you are playing at a higher level, then, yeah. Um, take a look at a stat block of something that is a CR 20 mm-hmm. because that will help you kind of gauge where the health should-ish be, especially, yeah. like, look at things with similar constitution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, cause that will help you out. Um, you know, we'll hold up, we'll, we'll move the other thing from Ryan's question to the, the end. Cause it doesn't really have to do the big, bad, evil guy stuff. Okay. Um, but you got anything else you want to add to making a big, bad, evil guy for no. mechanic wise? Um, I think mechanically we pretty much talked about a lot about what I kind of do. Mm-hmm. And when I address specifically my, my big bads, um, don't be afraid of rituals. You know, rituals that can't be explained that were hidden for years and eons. Oh. Like I mentioned before, like magic make your world magical um that can't be explained except through only types of magic i i like to use those a lot it really keeps the players like wondering like what is he doing oh, without yeah, like just having stuff like that yeah, yeah without having just a full-on like oh identify spell he's casting this spell and it's like you don't know mm-hmm. you don't understand these runes that he's scribing but um and then it gives them a chance to kind of investigate too which feels good for the players investigation all right Let's move over to our DM's Guild Spotlight. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of, uh, it, it's going to be done weird. I'm uh, The Spotlight is a person. <laughs> <laughs> because I just want you to go look at their products. So the DM's Guild Spotlight for this week is Sam Russell on DM's Guild. Uh, he, this, this person, I'm not, I don't know, he or him or whatever. Uh, this person is m- making some of the most beautiful freaking character sheets I've ever seen. Yeah, they are gorgeous sam you're you're doing great work like we we've spotlighted uh the the class ones before Mm -hmm. and these aren't class specific which is fine yeah uh they are just freaking gorgeous they are like watercolored backgrounds with highly intricate Mm -hmm. borders like crisp lines in there yeah and yeah and they, they do have uh they do have it where the um attributes and skills are next to each other and like separated okay by like what it is which i like mm-hmm. makes it easier to find stuff but oh my god they're just so pretty uh <laughs> like the one it's hard to uh, you know explain on an audio podcast that's why we link them on twitter but like they have uh underdark character sheet spellbound character sheet fireforged boneyard starlight feywild and like they look almost like um, and you can get matching dice set on your own oh and try to God. match your character sheet because that'd be awesome. And you're a nerd like that, like me. <laughs> they, they make me think of Steven Universe. Oh my God! At, yes. at times, like looking through these, are just especially that underdark one. I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that's the other thing. Like, it's an underdark sheet that has color. Yeah, and it's 
freaking not just gorgeous. I'm dark and brooding and, and purple words. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they, they go for four dollars a piece, which is a little bit higher, but mm-hmm. for the amount of work that's gone into this. I think it's really worth it. I'm oh, yeah. definitely going to get one of these and print it out and just be pretty. Oh my god, yeah. No, it's um, it's definitely gorgeous. So it uh it has four P- uh, PDF pages in color, which includes spell sheet uh, and extra sheet for inventory backstory, and then that many in grayscale as well. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, yeah, go check this out. We'll link it on Twitter like normal. Um, and uh, yeah, go check out Sam Russell stuff because it's pretty sweet. Okay, our next topic. Is playing at higher levels. Yeah. So I've got a lot of experience in this. <laughs> I have some experience in mm-hmm. it. Um, I wanted to bring this up because I know a few weeks ago on Twitter, there was a lot of people going around saying like, what's the point of playing at higher levels? And it's like they did, they've never played at higher levels because you can't really blame them. A lot of the adventures only stop at level 10. Yeah. Um, the uh, dungeon, Mad Mage's Dungeon is the only one that goes up to 20. Mad Mage's Dungeon only goes up to 20, and the only one that I believe goes beyond level 11 is uh, Tiamat. Goes up to 14 or 15. I think Tomb does. It doesn't matter, though. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... So I, a, I have a campaign book right next to me. Yeah, you do. So <laughs> a lot of people don't really get the chance to go beyond level Plus, 10. Oh, sorry. No, yeah. that was the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this also doesn't give a lot of DMs experience for playing at that higher level. On the other side of that whole Twitter conversation, people were saying they don't like playing at higher level. Really? Yeah, because they feel like it starts to go game-breaking. Are, are these DMs or players? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, they claim it's kind of game-breaking because at that point you can start to cast spells, you can start to have actions, you can... How, you can impact the world in such a way that it just doesn't do much for you. <laughs> uh, the last part of Avernus says for characters levels 13 or higher. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, so it's like, on one hand, I understand. Because, yes, it does actually break the game a little bit. But not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I will say you can play D&D. Rules as written, straight from the books. Levels 1 through, I would say, about 12. After that, I would say you're going to have to start adjusting things a little bit and start playing a little bit on the seat of your pants. Mm-hmm. Because from there, you're, the options the players have when they're playing is, are just so much that you're not sure exactly what's going to come next. Like, my players have done shit that I could not have expected at all. And so I've just had to, like, figure out things on the fly and ask them, hey, give you give me a minute, guys. And then I would have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, on one hand, yeah, I get it. Yeah, because playing at higher levels is a little tough because you do actually have to put in a little bit more work than what the books can usually provide. Mm-hmm. But it's so damn rewarding. Yeah. You feel so cool at those higher levels. Like all my players love the power level they're at because they feel like as if they're making a huge impact and they are. Yeah. And I love presenting that concept to them. Like what you're doing like impacts the world around you at this level point. And they're like, yeah, it totally does. That makes sense. I'm like, yeah, you're you're literally changing it. Yeah. <laughs> With what level every, are they at? They're at 15. Oof. Yeah. And so they're plane shifting now. Yeah. They're they're hopping over places and they're they're changing uh <laughs> lords of the abyss. They're they're going demon high they're they're doing a lot right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like happy for them and I'm excited for what they're going to do because I told them in the beginning, I'm bringing us to level 20. Oh, okay. We're going there. And depending on if they actually want to finish up the campaign at level 20 or if they want to keep going, we could because the DMG also provides options of like, you could surpass 20, not necessarily in levels, but there with was, boons. There was a, God, I don't know. I don't remember where I saw it. I had a PDF of mm-hmm. playing Epic tier oh yeah um which i think took people to level 30 oh gosh (laughs) um but all it all it did was it was basically an expanded chart uh uh, class chart yeah for levels 21 to 30 that makes sense yeah pretty much like you don't get any more cool stuff but you just get generally more powerful or there were still some they added some pretty they added some like okay that's neat um yeah so it's like yeah people are really hesitant to play at higher levels pretty much to sum it up 
because it's game breaking. So so let, let let's put it this way. So I pulled up uh one of the characters from that Drock game, mm-hmm. uh Bree's character Bela. Uh she's a 17th level paladin. Uh her normal attack was a uh, plus 15 to hit. <laughs> yeah. Uh 1d8 plus 9 damage. Uh-huh. She had 123 health. Yeah, yeah. 1 2 3. Uh but AC 19. And Really, for me, the AC is probably the most key part of higher level stuff because I oh, like yeah. that you can still get hit by almost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, even, it, still, you get crit on no matter what's hitting you, you're getting hit. It's the it's the amount of health you have and um, damage that you're outputting that genuinely makes you deadly. And then for a wizard, the ridiculous spells that you can do. Yeah, for me. It's not that I don't like higher levels because I had a shitload of fun in this game. Mm-hmm. The stuff you guys were doing, oh my <laughs> god, I loved it. Kyle freaking calling down a meteor shower, mm-hmm. like I love. I was just like, I want to do a perception check to find drug. All right, you, you see him like three hundred feet away, meteor shower. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I think it was, it was within the range. We checked it, yeah. but uh, it's it's one of those things where it's like I. Okay, let's take Golden Pals. Yeah. They're level eight right now. Yeah. <laughs> We've been playing for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, And I don't know, one, if they're even going to want to go that high. Because mm-hmm. once we end Storm King's Thunder, I don't know what they're going to want to do. Yeah. And that calls into like, okay, well, do we just make new characters and go back to the start and whatnot? But um, for me, it feels more like... Higher levels need to be, not need to be, they kind of migrate more towards being railroady stuff mm. because it's really hard to have the traveling band of adventurers who are almost gods. Yeah. It's really hard to do that. Um, like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. You walk into Neverwinter as a 17th level character. There's you nothing's stopping you. <laughs> like, like the old wizards that hang out in their shops might be a problem but like there's not going to be a bandit or anything that is messing up your day you can mm-hmm. sneeze on them and they die oh yeah so i understand where some dms and players are coming from with it but like the times that i've run high level games i loved it we we did when we were featuring mad mage's dungeon at uh at this bookstore um we were like, you know what? For the last session, let's get crazy. Let's fight Halaster. Yep. Everyone's level 20. Yep. Let's freaking go. <laughs> and it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it, And, you know, for some people, for a lot of kids at the table, that was the first time they were looking at that character sheet for a 20th level player. That and is were, hard. <laughs> and, yeah, but it was a lot easier. I will say this. It was a lot easier than looking at a level 15 fourth edition character. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> back in the day um <laughs> so it, it is a little bit better and like the, the things they did were just so cool but they were cool because it was that one night mm-hmm. and we weren't going to touch those characters again like one kid got turned in got true polymorphed into an ancient bronze dragon <laughs> which was awesome and it, and it was so great because that kid had been coming for three months mm-hmm. and was playing a dragonborn and had literally been saying he wanted to be a dragon Aww. and then garrett not knowing that true polymorph him <laughs> into an ancient bronze right and that kid lost it <laughs> so there's really cool stuff that can happen but it's like i don't know what to do with that afterwards like if we were going to do the session after that i'd be like all right so you're all just killed halaster and one of you is a dragon what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And so it, it from from my side of it, I'm just like I don't I don't know what you do after that. Yeah. Um. So here's my thoughts. I have a plan from level 15 where they're at now until level 20. Uh, like about which that like if they finish this situation, they're gonna level up. If they finish this situation, they're gonna level up. Or if they go fucking balls to the wall and they do something crazy that I did not expect and they completely do a different situation, I might decide to level them up anyways. And so essentially, if they reach that point of like near divinity of being level 20 and they haven't finished with the story yet, I'm just going to let them go. I'm going to let them for it. And it's like, because at that point as a DM, like I mentioned before, you kind of have to start 
think and, and plan outside the books. So you have to kind of start making up these things that the players just can't do. And at level 20, that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of take inspiration from fourth edition. You take inspiration from like the Wikipedia for these monsters. Like, well, what can the monster do well, basically? And well, then like, I, I have an idea for like what will happen after mm-hmm. Storm King's Thunder. And like if by that time they're going to be up in those teen levels. Yeah. And so... I, I know that we're going to start getting into multiverse stuff. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of exactly what I'm hopping into now at this point. Like if they're at level 20 and they're like, yeah, we want to keep playing. I'll be like, all right, well, one of you knows the plane shift spell, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. if not, you have a friend that does. Yeah. And so they could go and like one of my character's motivations is to find his God physically. He could do that at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like we could start going through those kind of like personal like missions yeah that like, were just weren't possible <laughs> like really you do like it, it, the unfortunate thing is and it's because we're going into levels is that you have to dragon ball z it like yeah. you have to get a bigger bad mm-hmm. and and already like i've already accidentally done that with golden pals where like we did dragon heist where the bad guy was just a person <laughs> Like they were just, they were just a spellcaster. Yeah. They weren't even that high. Yeah. And. But to them at that point, it was the world's end. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it wasn't the world's end, but it was a big problem. Yeah. And then now the world is being threatened by giants. Mm -hmm. So that is now a bigger problem. And so the problem after that has to be even bigger than that. And I, I, like, I remember in fourth edition, I did have a plan. I actually had a outline for levels one to 30. I will say that's probably the best plan of attack because for me, I've actually been foreshadowing their level 16 through 20 problem since the get go. Mm -hmm. And it's now have affected them personally. And I'm keeping this very vague for Spencer's sake because I know he (laughs) listens. Um, but Spencer's just, on, just like on his phone, just like, what is it? Teams are on his head. Just like, I have to figure it out. Um, and it's it's great idea if you do plan on going that high a level to foreshadow that yeah. the bigger worst bad. Oh there yeah, is. And in fourth edition, I was I had no idea what the hell foreshadowing yeah. was in D and D and stuff. So it's like hint at it, yeah. like have it be this problem that everyone has kind of just accepted into their lives and not realizing that it could be fixed. Mm-hmm. It's like that's that kind of world changing thing that you yeah. can do. Like my the the thing that i had was that like drock and tiamat were going to be the problem until level 21 mm-hmm. and then it was going to be orcus yeah like i had set up i i did just realize that I, like i had inadvertently done that a lot of times they had been fighting orcus cultists mm-hmm. along along the road and so like they were going after this present big bad thing without noticing that there was this other problem building <laughs> along the side yeah and so yeah orcus and like you know the wand of Orcus was going to play a big part into it. And that was, they were going to actually fight fucking Orcus. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, eh, I probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, so an example of players completely just changing your plan um, is, so the wand of Orcus is in my game right now. And their plan is because they kind of realize they can't really destroy it because it'll just go back into Orcus's hands. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause that happened before with the dwarves they destroyed it and then it just went back Mm -hmm. so they're like okay well what else can we do well we don't want to hold on to it because it'll corrupt one of us that's true okay so what else can we do and then the paladin was like yo (laughs) my god has a fortress of memories Mm -hmm. in another plane of existence the raven queen Mm -hmm. and he's like what if we bring it to her and present her this wand that's supposed to control undead and she's the god of like don't bring back the dead. <laughs> Think uh, I'll gain favor and we'll be able to take care of this where do we put the Wand of Orcus problem. I'm over here like, I was not expecting this. <laughs> I thought they were just going to destroy it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I, I, see, I see what you're saying. And so now they're thinking like, oh yeah, we got to go to the, the we got to go to the Shadowfell. Yeah. We got to go find this fortress of memories physically not just through some fever dream. Mm-hmm. We have to go talk to the goddess, <laughs> the Raven Queen, the god of like, und- and so I'm like over here like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of like an example of how higher level play can break a game a little bit. Because I Because that. that's very much deviating from my idea so, of what they were going to do. So I, I guess like it, it, it's game breaking for story. 
Mm-hmm. I personally don't find it game breaking for combat nearly namely because like you just throw harder stuff at them or you increase yeah. the number of things or for me just freaking ignore it <laughs> so that's the fun thing yeah um you and i we're in a particular mindset of we don't believe really in nerfing items or nerfing people or anything like that yeah. or, or it's because a lot of people do though yeah they think that like they believe a lot of magical items can break the game. Oh yeah, no, you you can go on YouTube and find a plethora of just like ten uh, magical items, items that, that shouldn't be allowed. Break the game. <laughs> and like I watch those, I'm like, no, those are fine. Yeah, and they're fun too. Yeah. <laughs> and so you and I both have that mindset of like, no, you should be allowing these things in there. But like, imagine if you have that mindset and you're getting above level eleven. Oh yeah, I I that that's. Yeah, if, if you're a very, like, if you're a dungeon-crawling group... No, because, like, even then, there's so many creatures in there that are in all the books that you can throw at and have difficulty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if your player decides, I'm just going to banish the room. It's like, all right, that's the end of that combat. Um, and, I mean, like, and people talk about, oh, where is the stakes now? Because dying isn't really a problem. And, okay, so that, yes. And and I had I had a kid... Uh, at, at the bookstore on Friday that I can't, like we somehow got on this topic and mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah eventually like death isn't a problem like oh yeah no that's usually when I start torturing my player character souls and they're like what? <laughs> <laughs> Hell's a thing here boys. Yeah he's just like and then he's like oh you mean like with this spell I'm like no, no. I mean emotionally yeah. like in a story he's like oh <laughs> <laughs> like you don't raise the stakes as far as difficulty goes like you raise the stakes like if this doesn't happen something else will <laughs> yeah yeah because like yeah death at 15th level is a setback yeah at most oh yeah i mean like right now my players have a ring of spell storing and all that is in it is revivify yeah. And a healing spell. Yeah. Because it's their, it's their, what's the EKG machine? You know, the, the oh, clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> clear. The, the ring of spell storing is that. <laughs> Whoever has it just like, has to go up I to like someone. I the idea that it's two rings and they have to rub them together. And <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun magical item now that I thought really about good. it. <laughs> that should be, that's another one we should do, just making dumb magical items for a whole episode. Oh my God. That'll yes. get zero <laughs> Um But it's, yeah, so it's like, instead of considering the fact that, oh, to make encounters mean things you have to raise the stakes it's like instead of making death be the stakes or damage or like worry about losing yourself perhaps oh sorry (laughs) incorporate the story itself to be a stake situation Mm -hmm. like um if there is a paladin and they are level 19 and they're fighting their own god's worst enemy what if the well, god is trying okay. to destroy the other god? What's so, going to happen to the paladin? So, like, we, we, we talked about this earlier with, like, with Spencer's game, where we felt epic even though we were level one. Yeah. Having just that kind of description and stuff like that, I think, can really help in those situations, oh, too. Yeah. Let's talk about a, a level 20 fight that happened in a movie that had probably one of the coolest scenes in the shittiest film. <laughs> and I'm talking about Justice League. Ah. Freaking yes. The Flash is running. And Superman just starts turning <laughs> and locking eyes with it. And you get that great shot of Ezra Miller. Fuck. <laughs> like, that is such... That sort of thing, there's not even a mechanic for that. Yeah. But it's hinting at this dude's more powerful than you think he is. Yeah. So you have, like, a character that casts Time Stop and it's their head's still slowly turning or something oh like that. Oh my god, yes. Like... It's not going to, they're not breaking the spell. It's just this little description. So you can do these cool things at higher levels and your players will be like, yeah, that makes sense. This dude's freaking powerful as all Mm -hmm. hell. So I think, I think that's another topic we need to do sometime, sometime soon. It's just description. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I like, I, I like high level play, but I don't think that it's something that you really need to worry about personally. Yeah. No, you don't actually really need to worry about it. Um, It's a lot of fun when you get to that high level play. Yeah. I will say it's more fun to get there than it is to just start playing there. Oh yeah. Because you don't have that connection to your player and your character and its abilities. Yeah. And because there's so many, you forget immediately the cool thing that you can do. Like paladins can smite every single attack at that yeah. level and it's like, and you don't realize that if you haven't been playing a paladin. True. <laughs> or it's like they have auras that you might not be aware of. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and then 
bards can do so many things yeah. and they have so many different spells and not to mention building a level 17 bard was probably the most difficult thing for me in your in your little one shot <laughs> i was like i'm oh god i have like six spells that can be from literally any spell list i have 20 spells that i can do and i have how many cantrips and i've got thank god i'm not a lore bard and <laughs> but it's it's a lot more fun to play up to higher levels mm-hmm. both as a dm and as a player i will say especially as a dm because then you'll get a feel of okay that last fight was uh, it wasn't really that fun how can i make it more and so you have a way of feeling your way into higher levels yeah um just you know don't like scoff at it because <laughs> you think it's going to break the game that's all i'm trying to say just have fun have fun with it go hog wild break the game break yeah. the world yeah that's what your characters are meant to do at that level yeah seriously <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's go into some uh, listener mail real quick, mm-hmm. uh, which is just another part of uh, uh, Brian's question that we want uh, to talk about yeah. separately <laughs> from uh, from creating a big bad evil guy. And it's more of a, just a, a warning. Yeah. So part of uh, part of his email says, um, "I get I got." How he regains his power. The party is collecting ritual pieces to bring him back to power. Okay, buddy. We don't know exactly what you mean there, but we're going to talk about this as if the concept is your players are unknowingly putting the bad guy together. Mm -hmm. We have seen this happen. I have played this. Yes. And (laughs) it's, it's a fun twist that doesn't get the reaction you think it's going to. Yeah. It, it, It just feels... Bad. Yeah, it, it's it's not it's not one of those twists where it's like, oh crap, this is now a bigger problem. It's one of those twists where it's like, oh, uh, everyone that dies from now on is our fault. Yeah. So uh, if if you're curious to see the outcome of how I played through that, go check out Puffin Forest videos. Um, the particular one, Tar Hogar Garethor, that was the big reveal. That was us figuring out this man we've been helping save the world is the same dude bringing the end of it. Mm. And the whole video of saying, are we the bad guys? Wasn't a joke. We were legitimately questioning that, even though all of our characters were good people. And we were just so, like, genuinely upset. Mm-hmm. both as players and characters that we weren't doing the right thing the entire time we thought we were. Yeah. And it's like to have it all come crashing in of like, Oh yeah, this, this uh, crystal piece that we collected was actually from this innocent person. Wow. Thanks for that foresight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, it feels so shitty to go back and realize everything you've been doing for however long you've been playing has not been with the intent that you've been playing. And so if, if that is your plan, um, give them lots of opportunity to figure it out. Yeah. Um, if they are picking up pieces, so to speak, of this person, have it exude maybe an evil type of aura. <laughs> so like if they pick up on it and they, for some reason, decide to oh detect good and evil, huh, that thing in your pocket's lighting up. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, well, why is it lighting up? It's like, oh, well, it's this piece. And it's like, well, that's weird. And so, like, give them chance to find out information on it. Don't mm-hmm. let it be just completely empty <laughs> until the big reveal, because that just feels so shitty. Yeah. The, the, I, I've thought about that. I, I remember one time I was outlining an adventure. Uh, or a campaign, really. Mm-hmm. I eventually got to the point where I went, I'm outlining a book. It was one of those <laughs> times where I'm like, oh, you know, there's a lot of times that I need players to do exactly this thing. I'm outlining a book. Yeah. Um, and and then I realized a book that I was outlining at the same time was a better adventure. Ah. Very odd <laughs> collection of things. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I got to the point in the story where that gets revealed. And I went... That would just suck to feel <laughs> because like yeah. it was literally like it was basically these monster hunters accidentally brought back the god of monsters. Ah. And it was I, I put myself in that player's place. I was like, that feels bad. Literally everything that you're 
every ounce of I'm, bone that you are is unless against. I'm, unless I'm Frank Castle and I'm just like already the Punisher and don't care and just I'm going. Like, well, and there's another thing. It's just like, all right, well, now the thing got bigger. <laughs> it's time to go kill it. It's like I'm like if I was any one of my characters that I've played recently, I'm trying to think of like any character I had that wouldn't just be devastated. No, all of them would just be like, well, fuck. So, like, to bring an example that's general enough that, uh, and we just talked about this book, The Tyranny of Dragons. Imagine, if you will, that Mm. a DM decided to change up the plot. And instead of the Cult of Dragons bringing everything together, um, Severin came to the group specifically and said, hey, I need you to find these masks. They'll help me take down the greatest. They'll help me stop Tiamat from Mm -hmm. coming back, which is the Cult of Dragons plan. Mm -hmm. He'll come to you and be like, okay, yeah. And so the adventurers will go collect the masks. And they'll be like, hey, Severin, we got the masks. And he'll be like, wonderful. And then he'll take off his mask and it'll be another mask underneath. And he'll be like, these are mine now. And then you summoned Tiamat. (laughs) (laughs) Even though you knew you were fighting against the Cult of Dragon to stop her, you did it anyways. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That feels so shitty. (laughs) So, as a warning, try not to do that if you haven't already. If yeah. you have already started down that path and that is already the plot line, my recommendation, give them every chance possible to find out. Because if they do understand and find out, oh, he's actually this guy instead, they have a chance to plan it. They're like, well, he doesn't know that we know yet. We can either play along or we can figure something else out. Mm-hmm. And it, it gives a chance, like, if they figure it out and start acting against the wishes then that makes your villain become more proactive oh yeah where right now your villain would just be sitting back and just like oh i'll just let them do it Mm -hmm. whereas if they figure it out that makes your character that makes your players be like hey we figured it out awesome cool we're we're doing good right now Mm -hmm. and then they start making their own path to try and stop this and then it gets the villain to come in and just be like stop and like so it creates more conflict and more interesting possibility for story than one twist down the road that will make your players feel like shit. And I almost recommend having them figure it out some way because then it would be cool because since he is a radiant idol and he is so into people worshiping him and doing as he does, they could run into another adventuring party that fell for his trap. Oh God, that'd be funny. And they could try to like, whoa, 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 what are you guys doing here? And they're like, well, we got to collect the thing and you guys are in our way. It's like, hang on. (laughs) And so you could have a really interesting and fun encounter out of that. And maybe even some allies. Yeah, Uh, that's good. Basically, we're saying is just, you know, warning. Yeah, be weary of of having the... That kind of twist. Your your guide was the traitor all along. (laughs) (laughs) That's so different from the Indiana Jones of... (laughs) The treasure was knowledge. <laughs> it's like the treasure was betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just be weary of that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please go ahead and think about leaving a review on whatever podcast service you're currently listening on. And maybe tell a friend about it. Uh, you know, if we get the community bigger, we can get more listener questions in, more topics, more conversations. And you guys can talk to each other on the social medias and stuff. And it'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I... I, I for, it's been a while. I forget how to do this outro. There's Twitter. There's Twitter, yes. <laughs> if you would like to uh, keep up with us, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Difficulty Class and on Instagram at Difficulty Podcast. Uh, we're getting better on the Instagrams. We're still <laughs> we're posting things occasionally. Uh, but yeah, you can follow us on there and um, keep up with what's going on, find out what episodes we're going to be doing and when we're going to be recording so you can send in those questions, topics, and whatnot. If you do want to send those in, you can send them into difficultyclass at gmail.com and we might talk about them on an upcoming episode. So until next time, don't get tricked and then killed by a bad guy.